Ron Duffersey. Uh Well, Duff, Saturday, uh, we were again late last week wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen. We got those races run and won, and it was a brilliant day. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. It was a brilliant day, uh, a brilliant day's racing, although... The track really felt the pinch there on Saturday. We've been singing its praises and, and deservedly show the past few weeks that uh, it's been very heavy and there's been no bias and the right horses are winning, but uh, it was hard to make ground there on Saturday. I don't. It was one of them tracks that I don't think even trainers would have worked on it if they had an opportunity to work their horses on it, let alone gallop in uh, such a heavy track. I, none of those horses would have had any experience at all galloping in that. They're really good wet trackers. Uh, couldn't go a yard and it just threw up a few funny results but we got through the day and congratulations to everyone but boy it was tough work certainly was Dean Lester in our Melbourne studio morning to you Dino what did you uh, make of watching everything unfold at Randwick yeah Dave it was it was great that the meeting went ahead and uh, we got through the uh, the championships but uh, what you do with it as a form reference I'm not sure but for uh, for those that uh, were the winners, I don't think they could care less. But uh, it was, you know, I look. I, I thought the two highlights. Uh, one took 30 seconds to create, and that was Nashua Willis' ride on Think It Over, and one took 30 years to create, and that was Damien Oliver breaking George Moore's record. So uh, they were the two highlights for me. What the jockeys did uh, in those two features. And Glenn Munsey as well. Glenn, hearing from Duff then about uh, it was a, a tricky day for horses. Was it a tricky day for punters? Uh, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Dean. And good morning, listeners. A um, uh, little bit yes and no, Dave. Uh, you know, early doors, they found the right runners, like Williamsburg in the first. Uh, the second winner was probably the best. Uh, Valana was the best firm of any horse on the day there yes, uh, on Saturday, $12 into $5.50. They certainly nailed it right. Um, you know, the, the, the big shocks, I suppose, you know, think it over uh, winning. But um, it was a strange track because... Horses that you looked at that you didn't think would handle the ground got through it all right. And the most glaring example of that was in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes with Think It Over and Zaki. But it just seemed to be the horses that were travelling up closer to the speed were getting through it a lot easier than those horses that were under pressure to make ground and be forced through the ground. Uh, and there was noted wet trackers there were getting beat 30 and 40 lengths. Uh, you know, I know um, some of them are uh, pulled up with irregularities like Colette uh, and, and that. But, you know, they got bit a very, very long way. And they're established wet trackers. Let's talk about the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Now, if you've got any questions or comments on Saturday's races at Ramwick, give us a call, 13 53 53. We will try and get around the grounds later in the program. Uh, I'm very keen to hear Deno's thoughts on that winner of the WA Derby. But let's talk about this Queen Elizabeth Stakes, uh, Duff. Uh, think it over, obviously, getting the job done. There obviously was, though, a little bit of, well, uh, an inquiry with the stewards, uh, where obviously Nash is now $40,000 lighter um, because of uh, his use of the whip. Uh, and that was prior to the 100, eight occasions prior to the 100, a total of 20 strikes. But they did deem the stewards at the time they could not be comfortably satisfied think it over had gained an advantage that resulted it in winning the race in accordance with AR221 and they declined to exercise their powers under AR132 and that would have been with a formal protest so there was always going to be drama in this race wasn't there? Uh, yes uh, yes with that situation um, with the whip rules that the way it's uh, put in place as we have it these days and we've spoken about this time and time and time again 
and we've even spoken about look in these these staying races you've got to get these horses up and moving earlier in their races and especially when they've walked early and they they they, they cramp it up at the 800 meters Her horses need urging along so not all the whip uh, is needed for the last 100 metres, uh, as we've said before. And this was a classic case. And look, Nash has to pay the fine. You know, he, his percentage of the race was 115,000. He loses uh, 40 of it. There's 75 left. Uh, would he have won the race uh, if he didn't break the rules of the whip? We'll never know. That's something you can't judge. And that's why they say we can't be comfy, comfortably satisfied. I don't know why we're the rules still in place for the, uh, for people to, you know, second guess everything. Uh, but a worthy winner. He has been Mr. Consistency all the way through. He was forgotten in the market because of the wet track angle. And, um, maybe he did find the fast part of the track. Uh, Zaki was sensational. He, controlled things to suit himself he looked in amazing order that horse and uh, he's I think he's come back better than ever Mount Popper the wet tracker he was on the inside part of the track but he just handled it well and and then Dallas Ann did his thing and then the the four big the big flops were obviously very elegant Jewess and Montefilia and Anna Moe so what do you want to say about them you just you can't bag them because of the way the conditions were it was just bottomless Dino um it was obviously very testing conditions, and obviously Duff has summarised that quite well. How do you sit, uh, just for listeners that are tuning in for the first time or, you know, haven't heard you comment about the, the whip rule before, how does that sit with you, what, what unfolded there on Saturday? Uh, no, it doesn't sit very comfortably with me, Dave, because uh, I think the jockeys over a period of time have self-regulated, as I've said many times, and uh, the uh, the padded whips and uh, the way riders go about it did you know, I think it's got to be, you know, it, it comes down to, a, if you're counting whip strikes, uh, you're not actually watching sport. Uh, if, it, if it takes over the sport, if it takes over the event, and you're thinking, my God, what's that jockey doing on that horse? I didn't think that for a second. I, mm. There was nothing that caught my eye and went, you know, I have had that, and I have seen that, and I have seen riders, uh, one in particular, win a race just on a provincial track in, in Victoria, and I thought when he was getting up the fence, I thought, well, you want to win, you're going to get time and a, and a fine. And, uh, and he did, and he got a month, and, uh, but it was a visual, and I didn't, I didn't feel that at all on Saturday. Munns, you mentioned at the start of the program, I asked you about sort of uh, whether it was a, a good day or not for punters. Um, how was Think It Over in the tab book? Was there anyone out there that had a little lash at him at the, at the big odds? And what about some of the, uh, the beaten brigade? Uh, well, he was a good result, Dave. He wasn't the best result in the race because he's one of those horses. He's, he's developed a reputation as a giant killer. And at his last five runs, he's been $2.70, $6, $4.80, $3.10 and $6. And he was $41 on Saturday. So I'm sure there was a lot of people that are think it over fans just didn't want to let him go around as a $41 chance. And when you start getting investments on $41 chances, it doesn't take long to eat into the, the liability. But in saying that, he was a very, very good result. But he wasn't the best way in the race by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I thought... It wasn't strange to see very elegant drift. Uh, and even considering, you know, uh, Timmy Ryan on Saturday morning when he spoke to us, he thought, you know, $3.50 was its right price. Well, she got to $3.80. Um, Animo was, uh, he, he was against it, uh, but um, it was probably the hardest horse of those in the market. And Zaki, who I thought would be pretty soft, 
um, considering you know the way the track was. Uh, he held his spot in the market as well. The the market got it right with um, Mount Popper. He, he was always popular. Mount Popper as a, as a big price horse. Uh, you know, as much as $151, and he went round as a $51 chance. But uh, it was just one of those races, Dave. You knew you were going to lay the big five. You thought Zaki would be the hardest to lay of the big five, and it wasn't. Now, what about the horse of the year, guys? There's already a number of texts on the text line. Um, a bit left to field, the uh, the text. But obviously, we spoke about this late last week. I think Chris Roots highlighted in his Racing HQ segment, he said, look, whichever of the big guns was to win this Queen Elizabeth, surely that would make them horse of the year because we did think it would be a very elegant Zaki, um, you know, fighting each other out down that straight. Does this now mean, would you be comfortable if Think It Over was your Australian horse of the year, Duff? Well, it's uh, it's when you really uh, sit down and have a think about it, the horse of the year, and just see what some of these horses have done over the year, and there's a, there's a big pack there this year. Yeah. And uh, who's to say if this, this filly doesn't win the Triple Crown, her name's not bought up, uh, considering it has been 30 years since the last one. I think it was Burst, the last filly to win the Triple Crown. Uh, so, you know, you could make, you know, what's going to happen over the Brisbane Winter Carnival? Is, is, is Zaki or take, think it over going to go there and dominate? I don't know. And Animo's had a good season. Dewis has had a fantastic winning two majors. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a bit of a field there for Horse of the Year at this stage, and there's a little bit of water to go under the bridge. Munz or Dino, any comment there? Um, nature Strip for me. Munz? Um, when is the Horse of the Year decided, Dave? Um, is the Horse of the Year decided in the racing year uh, to August? I think it is. Well, is it it's August a, to August? I, I don't know. I don't vote on it or anything like that. I wouldn't even know. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, okay. the, it's it's not the calendar year; it's the racing season. No, it's the racing, racing season. season. Mm. Man, so any 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 leaning anyway at this stage? Uh, I must say, Dave, I don't take a great deal of notice of it. To be okay. to be brutally honest with you, so I won't that's comment a, on it. That's why you're not voting on it, obviously. Then, but I bet you, if you were voting on it, you'd be watching like a hawk. Actually, that's well. If you're involved in something, don't you, you tend to take a little bit more interest in it? Why aren't you involved, Glenn? You should be involved. I got enough to do, Dave. Now, Aren't you what involved about in racing? Don't you know the results? Or? <laughs> no, I think they're the someone a milliner or a, a chef or something votes on it. Uh, now, no, the no, sh- I mean you see the results every week. You must have an opinion on who goes pretty good or not. Oh, you've got an opinion, but Dean, to be brutally honest, I, 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 I don't. You know, I've, I've got my own opinions on what are going all right, but as regards to you know what the best you know the horse of the year and everything, it, it, no, it doesn't float my boat. We'll have a, have a pick. Go on. What would be, if you had to have a pick, Munns, what would be your horse of the year right oh, now? Pro- probably Nature Strip and what he's done. And, he, and he's got the opportunity, you know, if he, uh, when he goes to England um, to do that. You know, he's, he's the Tab Everest winner. He's the, the TJ Smith winner. Uh, he's the highest rated sprinter we've got. Uh, he's got consistency. And we don't seem to have um, the consistency in the well, the middle distance or staying ranks. And up until Saturday, you might have said very elegant because she's a Melbourne Cup winner. Uh, she's also, a, you know, she's a multiple Group One winner, eleven Group Ones. And Saturday, the, the, you know, she she blotted a copybook a little bit. But you're entitled to forgive her. What about the Sydney Cup? We'll move there to race seven, guys. Uh, you're on punters post-mortem this morning. The phone line is open too, 13.53.53. If you've got a question for any of our panel on Saturday's racing, give us a call right now. Um, Duff, obviously a, a lovely win from Knight's Order and uh, Rachel King, but I was watching this live. Was was it run at 
farcical sort of tempos. It looked like they were very slow and then sped up. And did it just these leaders just get it in a platter? Um, look, it was an evenly. She went fast enough to be left alone. Uh, she was the designated leader, and that's exactly what happened. So, um, yeah, you, I don't think it was it was it was moderately run. I would have thought without pulling everything out and, okay. uh, and, and pulling it apart. But I think they were about you know, twelve seconds outside the record, which is understandable, and and that was probably under par for uh, the day. You know, I think they were ten seconds outside the record in the two thousand metre race. Uh, so. The Queen Elizabeth. So look, he he was just beautifully rated in front. It was an on pace race uh, where they were just dead set on the speed the whole way one two, and he was just too good. He loved the going. He got into a rhythm. He balanced up. He's a two mile winner of a Brisbane Cup. He was well. Uh, they found him. He was well supported, and he got the job done. Shiraz, uh, he went boldly. He got galloped on in the run there. He's come from nowhere, this uh, Daquian Sweet Junior. He's had a busy schedule and been very good all the way through and the very fit future score was around the mark. But another race, uh, they were spread out over plenty of ground and they were really, they were really hurting. You know, when there's you know, 100 metres covering them, um, it's, uh, it's tough work. Dan, you know? if, you th- if you think they went slow on Saturday uh, to run 3.32.29, back in 1989, the winner of the Sydney Round Cup the went world. six seconds slower. Palace Revolt. Palace yeah. Revolt. Yeah, I remember yeah. it, it was well. One of those. Yeah, yeah. Around, I was around on it. K Moses nearly led all the yeah. way and basically sat towards the outside fence Side for fence. the majority yeah. of the race. Yeah, but it was pouring in the day and during the yeah. race as well. Yeah. What did you make of it, Dino? Look, it was a good effort by the winner. Uh, I was I like Shiraz. It had every possible chance. I think we're seeing a really good stayer emerging in Darshan Sweet Junior. Uh, he showed ability, obviously, in New Zealand and was purchased. And uh, uh, we've seen him race through the grades down here. And the Adelaide Cup win was good. On Saturday, he sat three wide. He didn't have much to go right in the run. He was the only one to come out of the pack, and uh, he ran the 11th best last 200 of the meeting at the end of two miles uh, after that sort of run. I thought, uh, forget the conditions, because he's very effective on dry ground. I think he's a really good local stayer that uh, might take a big step in the spring. Okay, all right. Um, Now, Munns, Duff alluded to it, so they, they found Knight's Order here? Uh, yes, Dave, was a $10 chance first thing in the morning. Timmy uh, Ryan said on Saturday morning that was a horse they definitely wanted to keep uh, and it jumped uh, probably seven fifty uh, with us. Uh, I think at NOP was eight fifty, but I think we were a $7.50 chance, a very, very tidy result. Okay. We've got our first caller. Chris is on the line. Good morning, Chris. How are you guys? Very good, mate. Um, I just want to talk about the Queen Elizabeth on Saturday and I rang up about a month ago about just because a horse is popular doesn't mean he's not a very good horse as well. And I think we saw that on Saturday. I mean, Duff, Duff you called him yesterday, Duff, the, um, the the Aussie battler. But he's won $7 million in prize money. Um, he's called a giant killer, but he's actually a giant. Um, what price is he in the Cox Plate? 10, 10 to 1? Uh, give Cox me a plate? second and I'll tell you. Get over. Well, I think I think you're betting eleven dollars, um, and he's entitled to be that price. He's probably over. Um, there's no reason in the world why he won't go to Melbourne, especially on a dry track and win a cost plate. He's that good. He's a very very good horse, and yet I think people still aren't giving him the kudos that he deserves on the on the racetrack. Forget the 
fact he's popular. He comes from Wollongong. Uh, our battler trains him. He's up there in the mix for the Australian Horse of the Year, and he deserves to be. He, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't forty to one on Saturday because he wasn't a good horse. He was 40 to 1 on Saturday because of the perception that he couldn't handle the heavy track. And his trainer said the same thing. He'd had four starts on heavy going. Uh, his best result, he'd run uh, fourth in the Chipping Norton. Um, he'd since had a go on a soft six. He, that is the reason he was for, He was, wasn't $41 because no one thought he wasn't warranted to win the race. It, it's, uh, horses are priced on the opinion to win the race, whether they're good, bad or indifferent. But the opinion was he couldn't handle the heavy track. I think uh, he just does enough on the heavy track to say, well, well he's still going to pick up some nice prize money. It's not as if he tails off on, on heavy tracks. He's just probably two or three lengths in previous form off his best in, in on the heavy track. So he just is, does enough to say, OK, we'll, we'll run him on the heavy, but we're not as confident with him as we would be on, on a drier track. But is he a 10-to-1-top on a dry track? I mean, I think he is. I think he's a really good chance on a dry track in the Cox Plate. Well, he's, he's got good. Zaki, Hitotsu, and Incentivise in front of him at the moment. Zaki at $5, Hitotsu and Incentivise at $8. He's on the same line of betting as Animo and Very Elegant. And on Saturday, Very Elegant was $3.70, Animo was $4, and he was $41. Hmm. Thanks for your call, Chris. Interesting uh, couple of texts here. Um, what price, if it was a good four, and we had that uh, a perfect racing, racing service at uh, Royal Remy, what price would think it over have started? Would he, he he would not have started anywhere near favourite. It would have been Zaki no. that would no, have been he'd have been favorite. around the ten dollar mark. Yeah, 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 he would, it would have been double figures. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now we've got uh, those lines open. So thirteen fifty three fifty three is the open line number. Give us a call. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue to discuss this Championships Day Two meeting on Punters Post Mortem. What a spectacle. It's in the history books. Papali hit the front and got away from French Marine. Confessed is coming late with Torfeet last. Papali the leader, 100 metres to go. Torfeet last, ran to second. Papali's clear and Papali's home. Off the Randwick it goes. Regal stays now. Das to the front inside the 150 metre mark and got away. And Regal stages too good in the cup. It's far too easy in front from Emulet Street. And another one underneath them. Another one went to far too easy. Commando Hunt jumped out of the ground but another one's in front second last year one better this year another one won the country championship final own the moment sky sports radio the sticky and smoky crew are at it again but this time they're on the search to find the best man cave now, the winner will receive a fully catered Sticky and Smoky punters party in their man cave with 10 of their mates for an afternoon of racing and footy action. Me and Loz will come along too, so start firing through your photos now. Now, to enter, go to stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au. Follow the prompts. Here's the star witness cult to be trained by Joe Pride at Warwick Farm, a rising two-year-old three-quarter brother to group winner and successful young sire star turn. A brother to three winners and a half-brother to Cordilla who's won five. Five percent, 3900 and 200 a month covers costs. Two and a half percent shares available. For PDS, call Shelley or Rod on 0352749171 or see the website hancocks.com.au. Free replacement offer. That's hancocks.com.au. AFSL 227365.
In the heart of Sydney is the ultimate day where Royal Randwick knows how to play. So come one and all, let down your hair. A winner can come from anywhere. Schweppes All Age Stakes Day featuring Group 1 Racing, the new wing stand and a live performance from Hot Dub Time Machine. This is where stories are made. April 16 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theracers.com.au. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, good morning everyone and welcome to Punter's Postmortem on this Monday the 11th and you're with Ron Dovesey, Glenn Munsey and Dean Lester this morning as always on uh, Punter's Postmortem. We're taking your calls too on 13.53.53 and we've got Steve on the line. Uh, good morning, Steve. Oh, g'day mate, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, just wanted to comment, uh, Dub's there, isn't he? Yes, yes he is. Steve. Uh, g'day, Ronnie, how you going, mate? Good. Uh, before I just have a quick one on that, uh, on that, uh, on the Queen Elizabeth, tell Munns that I, uh, only had one bet, Palace Revolt, feel, feel for 10 grand in the, uh, Sydney Cup. But anyway, on that, um, Well done. That, yeah, I waited two years for it, for that particular one, uh, like I did with a mission. But, um, yeah, now this Queen Elizabeth, the odd smarty knows, and it's the odd smarty, it's not all of them, knows that often, more often than not, there's a big price to pay for winning the Melbourne Cup. Now, I know this is weight per age, so I'm not talking weights here now, but there's often a very big price to pay for winning the Melbourne Cup. Yes, they do come back and win another one or run well later in the Melbourne Cup, particularly if they've had their run spaced and they... They haven't, uh, exercise, haven't blown too much energy in that 12 months. Uh, but more often than not, they pay a price for winning it, and the price for very elegant was that it takes it out of them. It just takes it out of them. Half Bart Cummings, if you could. Didn't take much out of her when she won the Chipping Norton two starts later. Uh, so she, it's not as if she hasn't come back and, and performed. She's won a Group 1 uh, and a second run back after winning. Uh, a Melbourne Cup, and I think anything that raced there on Saturday, I'm not saying that they, it was just a, a, one of those days, you just put a line through the form and you, we reassess it after that, but I, I think she's a I'm not going to get into the kicking of a, of a mare like Very Elegant on one run on a track that was just bottomless I mean, she's an awkward going horse at the best of times but that's as, yeah. you know, she was on the wrong leg and you know, seemed to be trying to half track you know and hold animo in but was just tracking awfully around the turn and just losing ground every time you know was asked for a bit of an effort do you think she'll uh, still jump on the plane and go to france for an arc boys do you think that um they'll you know that'll be the the, the main plan or is that saturday thrown a spatter in the works i, I hope think, not yeah i think the main plan would be chris just does his thing he, he'll just see what he thinks of her in the next week or so and see what uh, he he's the He's a horseman. He he knows what his horses are capable of, and if they're on a backward, you know, step or a forward step, he'll he'll work that out. He doesn't need us to help him to make that decision. No, she'd be, she'd be, she would have been in a paddock yesterday. Yeah. That's usually his uh, modus operandi. After those those good horses, they go out uh, to Heritage or out that way, uh, Hermitage. Sorry, and she would have been in a paddock yesterday. I would have thought. Okay. All right. But there was um, was there any chat uh, on track? I know that they, they wouldn't want to um, make plans, be making plans straight away, but has there been any chat, boys? Was there any on track? I know Bray and Co were there about 
her late in the day, or is it everything, just let the dust settle? No, it's just stupid making decisions on a day like that, you know. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't think anything would have been, any decisions would have been made on the day. Now, what about uh, Damien Oliver? Dino, you touched on it to start the day. He surpasses George Moore with 127 Group 1 wins. Nimalee in that queen of the turf. I might come to you here first because you get to see Damien week in and week out. Um, he is just a marvel, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He just keeps uh, turning up. Uh, hasn't you know, He's had a lot of severe injuries. He's had a long long time in the saddle. And, uh, and on Saturday, uh, he's... Yeah, he had won five Queen Elizabeths. It's been one of his more successful days in Sydney, and uh, and now to to win that uh, Queen of the Turf on Nimalee uh, was a terrific effort, and she was just just always in the right spot. They didn't go that hard, and Anavisto proved that by battling on really well. And uh, Ice Bath, and I thought Yonsei measured up, but uh, yeah, it was all about uh, where Damien had her in the run, Nimalee, and uh, and that was the key to winning the race. We know Damien's ridden 127. Are we sure George has ridden 127? Like, uh, uh, there's well, so group, much. Seen Group One racing came in in 1979, mm-hmm. uh, and George retired in what 1971. Uh, it's a little, you know, it, it's sort of retrospective stuff, isn't it? So he, he might have ridden more than that. Who knows? Yeah. So, so some you get different counts, and they got their yeah. heads together, a few boys, and there was a bit of headbutting going on, and they, this was a group two, well, and it was turned into a group one, and this was a group one. Now it's a group two. So all we well, know Damien, is George... Damien's uh, 127 group ones when they were group ones. Uh, yeah, that's know, right. So, so like, there's some races he's won that are now group ones as group twos that aren't counted. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know, and the, and vice versa. So yeah, you know, I think uh, you know. That he might have a Perth Cup there or something that was a Group One once, but now it's not. But it was when he won it. So. Exactly. We know he's rid- we know for sure he's ridden 127. Yeah, we don't know where George is at. <laughs> exactly. That's, de- that's debatable. Mm. Yeah. And from scrolling through the social media yesterday, uh, the Twitter sphere, there are a few little you know barbs that uh, there wasn't more of a celebration of this record being broken there on Saturday, Duff, uh, that, uh, you know, I, I must admit, when it came through the PA, it did surprise me yeah, because, um, because it's there was not so a, much else going on. Yeah, because it's not official. Yeah. It, it, is it absolutely official? that it's, it's not in concrete. They weren't Group 1s for George Moore. There was yeah, no there was group no racing. There such thing as a Group 1 race that's when George that's Moore right. was we riding. Knew, we knew George Moore was a champion jockey. So uh, I think we can we can make it up. I know Danny Power added them all up, and then I think John Hutchinson had a go at it, and then uh, everyone Malcolm from McLaren and yeah, yeah they, everyone's had a go at it and come up with a different number, uh, and then they wanted to get everyone's head together, but didn't want to pay for it, and uh, <laughs> it's just a shabazz. A lot, oh, you know, we can't officially give him the uh, George Moore 127. Uh, let's just celebrate Damien's 127. Mm. Okay, exactly. um, but it should but should there be more of a celebration? Um, about it at the time on Saturday? Because it's not official. George Moore didn't hold the record with 127. That's only sub- subjective. Yeah. Damien might have been just going one further ahead. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he mightn't have caught up yet. Who knows? Uh, what about some of the beaten brigade in this race? Uh, Duff, uh, obviously our eyes were on the winner, but uh, some of these fillies, I mean, uh, fangirl, we just have to you know wait for those... Um, more firmer tracks, don't we? We know what she can produce. We saw that at Newcastle, but we didn't see that on Saturday. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm sound like a broken record. This this is a, a, an impossible meeting to review. Uh, so we saw the best wet tracker in the race there, Colette, get beat uh, uh, 22 lengths. Um, fangirl tailed off on the wet, and it was, and the horses back off the speed 
other than Ice Bath, who saved a bit of ground, uh, did absolutely nothing. So what, what do we want to, uh, you know, review here? Uh, the winner was deserved a Group 1. She's been honest all the way through. Anna Visto run the mile out better than I thought she would, and Ice Bath did her thing and, and just placed in another major and, and very forgivable for the horses that couldn't pick their feet up. What about the Oaks? This is the uh, the Australasian Oaks, or the, sorry, I say the Australian Oaks, uh, not the Australasian Oaks. And I come to you here, Dino, because this El Patroness we've seen spinning around down there in Melbourne, and Damien Lane, he, he gets another big group one on a big day. He's just he's a marvel as well, Damien. Yeah, he is, absolutely. Uh, and he just gave her the right ride. She was in a good spot. She travelled well. Uh, she'd been going very well till her last run, and... It was a forgivable run. She just got it really wrong. She was way too keen at Mooney Valley in the Alistair Clark Stakes against the males and just never relaxed. Uh, her previous run, she'd sat four wide the whole way around to a terrific race at Caulfield. So her form was you know, good. And leading into last year's Oaks, she was you know, one of the favourites until she went poorly in the wakeful. But she went that uh, they they realised that probably spacing her runs is probably the best thing. And uh, she was able to win Gypsy Goddess. Uh, they announced they're going to ride a closer. Well, she sure sprung out of the gates and she was right there the whole way and, and ran really well. And uh, uh, Jin Martini put a light of that Newcastle run. I thought it ran very well also. But, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was just sweet spot and running duff that uh, El Patroness was travelling longest on the bit through the bad ground. Never seen a softer win from a 25 to 1 chance. Was going to, <laughs> at the 800 meeting mark, you're it's going all over. What is this thing and these colours here? And mm. it was a El Patroness and it was all over. And they were 1, 2, 3, 4 the whole way. And yeah. that's that's pretty well how they finished. But a, a very dominant win. And he is a great rider, Damien Lane. He is a beautiful oh, yeah. rider. Mm. Munns, uh, was this just a bloodbath for punters, the Oaks? Um. Pretty much so, Dave. Um, El Patroness was nineteen dollars out to twenty six dollars on the day. It was a it was a, a contest of the three favourites there, and that was all week from Tuesday. Hinge, Gypsy Goddess, and Honey Creeper. And the strange situation was at different stages, each one of the three of them had been favourite. Uh, and on Tuesday, Hinged and Gypsy Goddess went up, went up equal favourites. Uh, by Thursday, Honey Creeper was favourite. It got into a short of three dollars forty. There Saturday, and then the last 10 minutes of betting, it was all Gypsy Goddess uh, in the last 10 minutes, and, uh, and Hinge was uh, well supported as well, but no, uh, the market was savagely against Honey Creeper in the last 10 minutes, and they were with um, Hinged and Gypsy Goddess, and of those that were sort of out of the market, uh, there was, you know, sprinklings of money for a few of the horses well out of the market uh, hope in your heart uh, Lavilli to a lesser extent there but um, you know Pink Ivory was, was well in the market too uh, beg your pardon? Oh, yeah, yeah uh, Pink Ivory was sort of held its spot basically went up $6.50 in the morning and bounced between five fifty and six fifty all day all right, we'll take on the break here, boys. Uh, you're on Punters Postmortem. The phone lines are open. Give us a call, 13 53 53. Introducing the Drive Car of the Year, the all-new Kia Sportage. Awarded for its new turbo engine that gives you progressive performance. The Kia Sportage has a boldly sculpted sportsback design and soft-touch leather interior, making it a natural leader. Kia Sportage, the Drive Car of the Year. To find out more, visit kia.com.au or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Hawkesbury Race Club invites you to Hawkesbury Cup Day, Saturday, 30th of April. The iconic standalone Saturday meet now features 10 races and over $1.4 million in prize money, highlighted by the $200,000 Hawkesbury Gold Cup. With stunning views of the Blue Mountains, live entertainment, food trucks and fashions on the field, it's an unmissable event. Tickets just $20. Hospitality packages available. Join us for a day of racing and celebration, Saturday, 30th of April. HawksburyRaceClub.com.au The Sticky and Smoky crew are at it again, but this time they're on the search to find the best man cave. Now, the winner will receive a fully catered Sticky and Smoky punters party in their man cave with 10 of their mates for an afternoon of racing and footy action. Me and Loz will come along too, so start firing through your photos now. Now, to enter, go to stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au follow the prompts. In the heart of Sydney is the ultimate day where Royal Randwick knows how to play. So come one and all, let down your hair. A winner can come from anywhere. Schweppes All-Age Stakes Day featuring Group 1 Racing, the new wing stand and a live performance from Hot Dub Time Machine. This is where stories are made. April 16 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theracers.com.au. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. It is Punters Postmortem on this Monday and it's 9.42. The phone lines are open, 13 53 53. Give us a call if you've got anything on your mind. And we've got Barry as our first caller. Morning, Barry. Ah, good morning, mate. How are you going? I'm well, mate. What's on, uh, what's on your mind? Well, did anyone see that... Uh, I know it's uh, away from the big races in, in Sydney, but did, did anyone see the protest at uh, Newcastle in race six? Ron Quinton's horse uh, ran second. How on earth that was dismissed... It's enough to, for me after 40 years of racing you to give the game away. If you go and watch the replay, like side on normal, and then the head on of the stewards footage, it's got it's been beaten ahead. I can't believe it was dismissed. It's 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 a travesty. Uh, well, I'd say, and I don't know what the stewards said because um, Gavin Carmody said when they went past the line, well, this will probably go to the room. Uh, that was race number six at Newcastle on Saturday, and Hinch and Jive was the horse of Ronnie Quinton's, and uh, the winner there was Hatsuku. Uh, Reese Jones rode for Kylie Gavin. It's a very, very good go. It was sixty-one dollars to eighteen dollars uh, on Saturday. Hatsuku. Uh, I, I, the only reason I could say there, it, it, you looked at the head-on, and was was the winner um, about a length and a bit in front of it at the time that it. That shifted out, and the, I know that it only got beat ahead, um, but I, I didn't see um, that. We saw the head on very, very quickly, um, and that's the only reason I, I could say. Like there was a shift there, there was a shift there, and that's the only reason I can think the stewards may a have shift. thought he was far enough in front of it. Are you calling that a shift? Moving one off the fence to six wide, and and the, and the second horse had to he had to stop right and sat up. Pulled it back, and then he's gone again on the line. He's running straight past him, got beat after, got beat ahead. It's, it's, it, 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 the boys can go and have a look at it. You can go and watch the stewards' footage and the, the side on and, and the head on. How, there's, there's no reason for that to be upheld. That's just a complete. That's a farce. Okay, right, we'll uh, go to the, I'll go to the stewards' report while you're I've discussing got it. it. Well, I've, I've got it open. Stewards yeah. considered a protest lodged by Apprentice D. Gibbons, rider of the second place, going to hitch and jive against Hisuku, being declared the winner, alleging interference over the final 150. After considering all the evidence, the stewards found that approaching the 150, Hitsuku commenced to shift outwards 
whilst being ridden along and at the 150 shifted into the path of Hinch and Jive, which was carried wider. Having regard to how both runners were finishing off their race prior to the incident, the minor nature of the incident and how both runners went to the line following the incident, stewards could not have comfortably satisfied that. Had the incident not occurred, Hinch and Jive would have finished in front of Hitsuku and therefore the protest was dismissed. Apprentice Reese jones was reminded of his obligations to stop and straighten his mounts when they are shifting ground. It's yeah, just having a look at it. It's yeah. a touch and go. The touch and go. He was surging at the line. Um, yeah, I can see the argument. I, I mean, he moved three horses where he was allowed to because he, he yep. hadn't impeded on the other horse's line. So you don't take any notice of that move. But it's that horse and a half that he moves when he's within that horse's line that certainly comes into consideration. And considering the two lengths uh, clearance, um, I think he was a bare length clear when he shifted in front. So mm. yeah, look, it's um, contra- I can see the controversy. All right, so let's go to Brian now, who's on the line. Morning, Brian. Good day, how are you? Very good. What's your call? Mate, I just want to give Mums a compliment. Uh, can we ta- hang on, can we tape this, please, on. and use <laughs> no. it as a promo? Thank you, Caller. Thanks for your time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the line dropped out. Sorry. Yeah. A, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned a horse up at Gosford. And anyhow, I thought, geez, that's, that's pretty good. So anyhow, I backed it. And I followed it up again on Saturday. And I got the best 20... 20 to 1, 19 to 1, ever. Kinlock. Yeah, big win uh, in that provincial qualifier. So there you go, Munns. Uh, Munns was the big tipster of it. Up at Godfrey. Yeah, it was $9 that day. It was $51 in the provincial championships before that day uh, at Gosford. Yeah, so... Well, th- thank you very much. I uh, oh, know it's not Brian. my father because he, he passed away many, many years ago, but great to see my uncle ringing in. We've got, uh, we've got Matt on the line. Morning, Matt. Morning, guys. How are you? Very good. That's the way. Just, um, just a note on that Newcastle race as well. I watched that live and thought it was very, very dodgy. But anyway, the stewards do their thing. That's fine. Um, just a quick uh, message on uh, Valana, race, uh, race two at Randwick. Did anyone... Do you know about it? I mean, it's, it's been a beautiful horse, and it's only raced... I, I watched its first maiden, it came second, and I thought, this horse is going to win. This, girl, this horse is going to win, and it, and it has won ever since. Um, I just, have you guys know about it or anything, or did, can you see it going anywhere? Or Well, its main early racing was in Melbourne uh, before yeah, he reached... Yeah, on Damien Lane, was it, or Oliver? Uh, yeah, Oliver won on it at Sandown. That was Sandown, about yeah. August, August last year. That's yeah. right. It got yeah, the massive so, Bob Rod on the line, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. obviously there's I mean, obviously I had an like issue. Right, okay. I mean, it looks to me like it's a, gr- look, it's a great horse and the, the, the results speak for itself, but I wonder if it's, I don't know, worthy of any of the other big races maybe next this spring or, I don't know. Just It's a beautiful horse. Just thought I'd bring it to people's attention. Cause it's okay, a, go to Brisbane? It's, yeah, I'd yeah, say that. Go to Brisbane. Only had, only had two runs in. Mm. Yeah, yeah. James was James was pretty glowing in his uh, reports about it on Saturday morning. It was he I ever? Think it's, it's flying under the radar that thing, and it's a, it's a three-year-old colt. Whether it gets girded, I don't know, but it. They are nearly one of the best wet track breeds, aren't they? The hell That's crowns. the only thing. That's the only thing. <laughs> they you don't miss. See, yeah, you want to just see him on a dry track do it, but he might be a yeah. guinea source. We've got Scone, and we've got Hawkesbury, we've got the Queensland Guineas. So these three-year-olds, yeah. all these three-year-olds at this time of year, if they're Showing talent like that, they can aim that way. Yeah, anticipating the weather to improve, Duff. You might be right for a while. 
Yeah, he might be right. Exactly right, because he's uh, he's all his forms on soft tracks, yeah. uh, and he's doing it well. Yeah, it's out of a mare called uh, Retsina. Mm. Uh, so it's a. Uh, uh, I think you'll find our Roni's sister was Red Retsina uh, back in the seventies. So that's uh, going back a long while. Yes, all Retsina right. was a pretty handy galloper down here for I think in the Dali colours days in the maroon and white. I think. Yeah, well, this by Reduce Choice out of Star Shiraz. And uh, isn't Retsina a, a, a Greek wine? Mm, wine yeah, you know uh, better than Greece. I. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't well know. Traveled. I'll ask my wife, Dale, is Retsina a... Yeah, yeah. 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 Anthony Friedman person. trained uh, Retsina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was her. In the uh, we're going to our next caller, Simon. Good morning, Simon. Yeah, good morning. Um, just a question for months. The jackpot on the quaddy in Brisbane... When does which meeting does that carry over to? Yeah, come on, Muns. When does yes. it carry over? Oh, right. Uh, is that uh, waiting uh, for a mutual bet type yes. Muns? Yes. Yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been waiting uh, for that jackpot. Actually, well, I think the big six was a jackpot in Sydney as well. No, well, on when's Saturday. the one in Brisbane? When's it move the, over? The Quaddy jackpot. Um, it just goes into the pool, and it has to be used on another Brisbane race. I think you'll find, but whether or not it is next Saturday, they may save it up for the carnival right. and have a big uh, a big Jackpot pool. pool on, you know, Stratty Day or uh, Doom and 10,000 Day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, our, our next caller, who have we got? Uh, Frank. Good morning, Frank. Good day. How are you? Good, mate. Um, what I want to talk to is to the panel. On, on Saturday, they used to drive the track, they used the helicopter. And to go down the centre of the track, the helicopter, it, it, the blades are going out. It's actually drying the side of the track more so than the centre of the track. Does that okay. make sense? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was a bit of a novelty myself. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't, don't. I think it was just for well, the cameras. I, I, I watched yeah. the helicopter go up and back and up and back, and you see the grass. You, you know, you could see it drying the side, and if ever you catch a helicopter and the blades are running, you mm. you, you know where the, the the part of the outside is where the wind is. And to mm. me, it, you know, either the inside and the outside were, were fairer, a lot better, dried okay. than the the actual middle, because that's where the helicopter's body was. Yeah, the problem where's with the, the helicopter. Yeah, where's the super sopper? Where's the super sopper when we need it? It was at the cricket ground because the Swans were playing. Yeah, yes, I think the uh, the old helicopter thing. I think yeah. they may have just trying to get the, the the water off the leaf. But uh, straight after the helicopter left, we got another three mils of rain. So <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. just a waste of money and petrol. Yeah, Ooh. just for the cameras. Um, of course it was. Anyway, and, and just for that caller's sake, uh, Boydo, who's uh, doing the panelling today, he's a aviation geek freak. He's saying that's incorrect. He said the the air all around the chopper. Um, disperses. So there you go. Anyway, um, okay, put it yeah. in the databases. Put it in the da- put yeah, that in get, the notes. We'll get the propeller heads on it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that in the notes. Now, who have we got next? We another caller on the line. Uh, Peter. Morning, Peter. Oh, good day, guys. Um, this is there's an if in this, but if that part of the track that Nash found was proven to be better because of work vehicles or. Yeah. Um, activity with, with, with cars and vehicles. Why the hell wasn't that beaconed off? I mean, I, 
I, I just can't understand why Beacons wouldn't have been put ten metres out on the from the from the fence down the home straight. Yes. And I think that happened yes. 30 years ago. They do it at Coffs Harbour sometimes. They have a false rail in from the outside fence. But if it was that good, why didn't anyone go there in the last yeah. few races? Because and they weren't going any, anywhere at the time. The ambulance goes around the inside, doesn't it? Like Nash yeah, was yeah. saying, it goes around the outside. It goes around the sand track. No, I, th- I think he was saying the work trucks come down yeah. when they're yeah. working. Yeah. On you the can definitely see the tyre marks there. Yeah. Nash actually said he thought it was better because it was it was packed down because of um, utilities and trucks yeah. and whatever. Maybe his track work I, out there. Yeah, I, I mean, good on Nash. I'm not knocking Nash. I mean, I'd be doing the same thing, whatever. Um, I've no doubt it won in the race. Zero. I remember. Um, but look, I think you're right, Peter. Sorry, I, I just can't understand even the head of Nash making that call, if that's where vehicles are going, because I just think it's, it's not part of the racetrack if vehicles are using it. So you want to false rail out there? To, yeah, where, I, I just think the they ra- should be yeah. saying, okay, this is where vehicles come again. I know beacons look a bit tacky on a big day or whatever, but to be honest, just a rail would, I, yeah. I reckon if you went to the high court with a good QC and Yazaki or others, you could overthrow that. I know that's a whole other can of worms. But You've got to prove it. Jeez, yeah. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. It's all about and the I'm vibe. Marbo. Good on him. Mm. Um, so the vibe It's yeah, all about yeah. the vibe Well I remember when we got that uh, Remember when that track we built on the outside of Roseville that yeah, day Yeah it was a it, yeah. What, did, what did they call it? Echo the track The echo something track like, yeah Something like that And a few Which blokes Which off or something Oh fair dinkum When we yeah. got that first They were barred track, from going on it And then someone's got a couple of That's when you could have sued them About three blokes got Jerry to do it And they rode a, you know, rode a treble <laughs> And uh, after three weeks They'd shut that down That yeah. road I tell you yeah. And the other one I've seen it happen in Melbourne There was one track in Melbourne That it was They had to put a false rail Up on the outside Outside fence. Ballarat Ballarat. Yeah. Ballarat, because it was, it was used to be a race. <laughs> yeah, it was a race to the outside fence, yeah. and it was getting dangerous, and they, they brought the outside right. They put a false rail in five metres. So, yeah. What about the, there's a place in New Zealand, too, wasn't there, where they'd come down that outside in the, um, oh, I think, actually yeah. in the ambulance tracks. Well, they do have the ambulance tracks there, and, and uh, yeah, there are tracks that, that used to happen a lot, but not... Not as much now. No. Uh, and the other, and the other, and the other thought is, and, and this has just come through a text, and it reminds mm. because when they moved the barriers, they moved the barriers on the outside Around the outside. Fence. Yeah, so that, they, they got yeah. the barriers coming down that outside fence, so there's big tyre marks, a big heavy, yep. it's like a roller going across yep. it. And especially when you've got the Sydney Cup and the, uh, the Oaks at yep. staying distances and the barrier yep. comes around the outside fence. So there you go. All right. Uh, Will's on the line. Morning, Will. Morning, boys. How are you? Um, Very good. Quick one. Quick question and quick spruik. Quick spruik uh, was to, well done to the club on Saturday. Had a fantastic day and rocking out to Bjorn again. I had a, uh, a great five seconds of fame with uh, Mick Price down at, uh-huh. the, uh, down at the fence there bobbing along, which was nice to get a few retweets from those in the industry. Yeah, very good social works there. That's you. Thank you, mate. It was huge for me. I had a great Sunday looking at Twitter every two minutes. Uh, yeah. And then um, the question was to Dino Amun. Uh, what's the deal with tote pools in, say, Hong Kong or overseas? Uh, is that is local months. currency or is that foreign currency? And is that um, the total pool in um, in their pool as well or just our pool? Like, just a little bit of explanation on those points. They are merged pools. So the win pool of Hong Kong... The super tab and 
New South Wales tote pools are merged with the Hong Kong pool. Mm. So that is uh, at its win and win and place. Um, Quinellas, trifectas, not not first fours, not first uh, fours. Yeah, no. but um, yeah, uh, let me go back and have a look at say. I oh, beg your pardon. No, they're in Australian dollars. Yeah, but they're they're the dividends. Well. Sorry, the dividends are in Australian dollars. Yeah, okay. The okay. you know our our money is just added to their pool. Yeah, yeah right. our our thirty thousand goes with their two million. Yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah. pool. Because <laughs> they see 300 grand. I can't be thinking that battlers on a Sunday night have got 300 grand in the pool. No, they haven't yeah. gone off big. <laughs> no, no, they haven't sort of got, you know, got a multi up during the day and give it a flight uh, chart in, in the in the last. You know. Yeah, right. No. So then when the results come back, they are in, in the tote pool. They're inclusive of their divvies, right? So, yeah. yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. That's yeah, good. it is. Some, it makes it easy. If you like something, you're not going to move the market. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. especially how long lunch has been, and uh, you know, yeah. if, if you want to, we're due for one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've got another caller here. Good that these calls are coming in. Thirteen fifty three fifty three. Mark's on the line. Morning, Mark. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Um, I was uh, at Rose Hill. I beg your pardon. Randy Saturday. I was in the enclosure with the owners whose four horse finished well back in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Following the running of the race, I spoke to a senior turf club official and said, what we've got to do now is we're going to have a heavy track turn the place inside out. His immediate comment was, in all of our testing, starting at 5.30 in the morning, the track was the same on the outside as what it was on the inside. Now, this is a club official telling me this, which proves to me in some regards that the horse was won, the race was won by the quality horse in the field on the day. No excuses can be made. All right, beautiful. Thank you for your comment, Mark. Mm. Okay, now um, that's a bit too deep for me. I don't think anyone's making. I don't think anyone's making excuses. We, we, I think we've no. got down as I a mean, rightful a rightful winner. It, it's mm. it's like you got to turn up on the day. Absolutely, and he it's did. An outdoor sport, and probably not in ground that suited him, but he still turned up. Yep, which is fantastic. Now, there's a couple of ticks on the text line. I'm, I was live on track and must admit was only really focusing on Sydney races, but were Sydney races late or something <laughs> on Saturday? What's all these? There's all these texts here. Maybe... I was nearly going to join in on the show at 9.30. I thought you'd be late too, Dave. But... Ah, well, so is that... Uh, Only five what's... minutes late, Dean. He wasn't that late. Okay. Okay. So, uh, look, uh, I, would, I know from watching and working up on Sky One in that coal room that mm. it's not just a Sydney thing. I would say that... When was the last time you worked on Sky One, Dave? 2000 and what? Well, it would be a couple of years, but I remember yeah. it would do Marto Brass and yeah, Brass well, myself last time Marto, worked, yes, another. It would do our heads in, and it wasn't just a it wasn't just a Sydney thing. It was everywhere. Um, but it wasn't so much, I think, it, it, at the time when I was working there, my, this is two years ago, it wasn't a, a deliberate... You wouldn't, you wouldn't see places being deliberate at it. You are dealing with live animals. I don't know well, what the situation was on... On Saturday. The Queen Elizabeth runners went onto the track, I think, a minute 25 before the jump. Now, I know the 2,000 metres starts not far away, but the jockeys then warmed them up to the 400 metre mark and went back around. So, yeah, that that sort of... And it, this isn't a Melbourne thing. This is the, it, it, the one that affects most is Perth. Perth gets bumped to Sky 2, and it was their derby day. 
Mm. Yeah, and on Sky Thoroughbred Central, it impacts Brisbane when, because yes. we, there's an eight-minute gap and stretches out to 12-minute gap later in the day. Yeah, and yeah. But, you're, getting but to, boys, you're getting to Eagle, you're getting to Brisbane um, four minutes before the race. They we, ran late in the Arrowfield. There was four runners. Yeah. Boys, we're, okay, this is a thing that I've, I've mentioned it to people at, at Sky, but mm. Elvis hasn't worked with the wheels. When are we going to get away from this Sky 1, Sky 2 thing? Because... Two. At the moment, you've got two channels. You've actually got three channels, four channels. We've got four mm. racing channels. In fact, five if you include seven. Mm. So we've got five racing channels in Australia. But there's this thing about Sky 1 and Sky 2 that, oh, Sky 1's better than Sky 2. I, I think we need to read... Well, it's a reinvestment bl- factor, though, isn't it, Dave? I mean, if, if you wanted to bet in Sydney and Perth and... and, and if that, that, I mean, you know, theoretically, if you, by what you're saying, Perth and Sydney would have jumped at the same time. Mm. Um, and I, then I, you have to choose which race you want to watch. Yeah, but Dan, I would love, I would love, and there's people that get paid a lot more than me that make decisions. I would love this whole facade of that Sky One is the premium venue product and Sky Two. I, I, look, they're both free. You can get them on your phones. You can get them in any pub and club at home. There's no more, you know, pay your five dollars. Uh, I mean, when we watch the cricket or when we watch the footy and they say, hey, uh, Western Australian viewers, please change to Gem as we go in the news, we don't see a big blow up on, on but, Twitter. But I don't wherever, know why... Wherever Sydney's going to be, it's going to be a premium product. I know, but I don't know why we don't have two... Well, well Dave, uh, two Dave, of you, our, you, no, hang on, hang on. I don't know why we don't have Sydney and, say, Brisbane on Sky 1 and Melbourne and Perth on Sky, whatever it's called. And don't call them Sky 1 and Sky 2. Yeah, well, call Dave, you spend more channels. times in pubs than anyone. Is every pub now got Sky, Sky 2? They've because got both, it, it yes. used to be, it used to be yes. a lot of places only had Sky 1. One. They've no, got I think they've, they've got everything. Yeah, they've got so I, I, you know, I don't. Well, I'm always at the races on a Saturday or locked at home. But well, you could um, just call it I, I mentioned this. Yeah. I mentioned this two years ago that we have to get away from Sky Two as soon as Sky Two was made free. We it have to think out. of a new name. Yeah. Yeah. We have to reinvent the way that races are broadcast on the stations. Make, it's got to be. It's got to be called Sky Extra. That's it. Yeah, simple. Sky yeah. whatever, but not one and two. So there seems to be an inferior product. Mm. being number two, and have a full card. If you want to watch Perth racing, it will be on Sky Extra. We'll have mounting yard coverage. You'll have this, you'll have that. If you want to watch Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, um, or Sydney and Melbourne, Adelaide, or whatever it is, that that's mm. on you know Sky Ex- yeah, I think Sky Premium. This is on this Sky Extra 100. or whatever. And before the day sets out, Everyone that wants to watch a particular race at a particular time does not have to switch channels. That's right. You you bring the crayons and butcher paper, Glenn, and we'll sort it all out. Let's have a meeting about it, Ron. (laughs) There's so much real estate there. Uh, As I said, there's there's three, well, there's two channels there at Ty, but yeah, this whole Sky 1, Sky 2 business, and even still race clubs, you know, um, there'd be some race clubs out there that go, oh, we don't want to be on Sky 2, but that's just because I don't believe they've been educated properly that there's actually no deterrent I believe anyway to being on uh, on a separate channel anyway uh, Macca's on the line good morning Macca hello Macca yeah g'day mate how are you good morning that's good mate hey got two questions uh, Paris Dior in the Percy Sykes um, where's it heading to uh, that was a very good win first up and my second question is in regards to the Arrowfield Sprint the one that Marzu won so there was 11 nominations and acceptances for that race and four horses ran, and it was a million-dollar race. Now, that's pretty pathetic, don't you agree? A million dollars on offer, only four horses end up running. Um, I just want to hear your thoughts on that, because 
I don't know how you can offer million dollar races and yet only four horses are going to run in it. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, well, the, I think it come down to uh, a lot of those horses were early in their preparations. The trainers didn't want to really burn them, and there are other options. There's group ones in Adelaide for those types of horses. I think uh, there's there's a good sprint. Uh, I think James Cummings said there's a lovely race for Bacchanalia uh, coming up, and he, he didn't think he could beat Pulele. Um Obviously, Kieran and David think there's races for uh, Generation and and uh, somewhere else. Um, so it did was, yeah, yeah Maltai, they didn't want to run on a very, very heavy track. So I, I think it was one of those races. You think, well, what's happened to this? And and they and I don't think John was gonna, ever going to run I Am Lethal. And then he says, well, there's 40,000 there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's there have was a actually, There was actually 112 nominations for the Arrowfield. Mm. 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 Because and it was an early, early nomination race because it was yes. a championship race. It was, yeah. yeah. Okay, and Paris Dior, uh, Chris from Oatley, has just yes. sent a text in, probably on his way to golf. Uh, spell and Spring. Yeah. Okay, there we go. So Spell and Spring. And very elegant. Paris Dior. Uh, very elegant. What's happening? Very um, elegant. Uh, it'll be vetted, and then Chris will you know, have a look at it and decide what they do. And I got a text here from uh, a couple of publicans listening, Glenn. Mm. Uh, if you don't have Sky Two, and maybe there's some publicans out there listening to this, that if they don't have their Sky Two screens on, so if you don't have Sky Two on with Sky One, you don't get the rebates. Right. Okay. For publicans, so they must have both channels on in their venue, and they Where's are in what? HD too. Yes. Well, don't start that because and that is that is Glenn. that is a that is a Glenn. bonus for uh, yes and clubs AHA. to have uh, Sky One and Sky Two in HD. Onion. They're paying for the dog about dividends what? and substitutes. Yeah. I've had a few texts here about what what's the name of your dog, Glenn? Because we we've heard it being a part of uh, Punters Marley. Marley. Marley, like the country, M A L I. Very good. Uh, now we need some horses to follow. Uh, what are they, Duff? From a tough day. Yeah, a very tough day. I want to probably follow a couple of John O'Shea's horses uh, from early on in the day. What race was they in? Um, race two. Bend the knee, yeah. Bend the knee and Coat to Healy. I think they both. They were both second up. They both were suspect on the wet, and they got more to offer on drier tracks. Do you know? Uh, a two-year-old first starter, Eye of the Eagle. I thought he could win on Saturday. He ran really well. He's a really nice horse. And uh, a horse called Botany. Wouldn't be surprised, owned by Coolmore, wouldn't be surprised if uh, Peter Moody took this one to Queensland. She's a really promising filly. She won her first start, and I think she should have nearly won on Saturday. Uh, watch for her maybe going towards an Oaks. All right. Munns? Uh, out of the Percy Sykes Day, Pantanario. Uh, a filly of uh, Gay and Adrian's. Uh, she's had four starts now, three-thirds and a fourth, and she's run into Coolangatta, Fireburn, Queen of the Ball, and then Paris Dior, and a good effort. Closer to the inside there on Saturday. And Marley one, liked that one. I beg your pardon? Marley liked that one. Yes, yep. she did. She, uh, the dogs are barking that one. Uh, and one in the, uh, in the vein of uh, Bella Nipotina, who I told you the other day, sneaky flying it. Never been kissed, I think, is running very, very well on rain-affected tracks, which she doesn't like. And once she strikes a couple of firmer tracks, I think you'll be getting your money back with her. And we are about to wrap it up, and apologies if we didn't get to it earlier. I did mention it at the start of the show, but just watching the replays of that WA Derby, Dino, Alaskan God, um, that is a serious, serious animal. 
Yeah, I think uh, twofold. He's a really promising stayer. He didn't beat a lot, but he beat them with great arrogance. And uh, and he's still very raw. He still doesn't really flatten out yet. So there's yeah, there's a bit to come. And Dan Morton's such a great traveller of his horses. So hopefully we see him uh, over here in, in times to come. Fantastic. I hope we do too. Uh, very, very exciting to watch. Gentlemen, have a great uh, week ahead. All Age Stakes on Saturday. The Carnival continues here in Sydney. Thanks for being a part again of Pona's Postmortem.